ahead and be seated. And I believe we have some announcements this morning. If you're interested in strengthening your foundation in the Word, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for First Steps with Pastor Cheatham. Class meets in children's room here at James Rudder. Hope to see you there. It's time for our annual Christmas in the Neighborhood Outreach, December 19th from 11 to 1 p.m. Join us as we bring Christmas cheer and the love of Jesus to the neighborhood. Don't miss church December 20th as we'll be having a very special Christmas service with special music from our children's church. Our dance team will be performing as well as other surprises. Following the service, we'll have our annual Christmas party. We'll also be having a competition based on your favorite Pinterest dessert. Please keep our Mexico missions team in your prayers as they head across the border to help rich ministries bring Christmas to the orphans and the Pai Pai Indians in that region. Mark your calendars for January 22nd as our very special guests to Elevate Life Church will be Mark and Mary Myers, pastors of Merge Church in Sanford, Florida. If you're in junior high or high school, Make sure you sign up for this year's New Year's Eve Bash at Surf Extreme in Elk Grove. Join with hundreds of other teams from across Sacramento. There will be plenty of food, games, indoor surfing, paintball, and an amazing service. The cost is just $15. For more information, see Jessica Fielding. Galatians chapter 4, 1 through 2, it says this, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but he is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. And I also want you now to go ahead and turn into 2 Kings chapter 7, 1 through 2, or you can read it upon the screen here. It, it, I'll read it to you. It says, Then Elijah said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a sailor of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two sailors of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we have the ability and the means to come to church today, Father. It is a blessing every time we can gather together. And Father, we ask right now that you would come into this room, that you would speak to hearts, that you would speak to people right where they're at, Lord God. I thank you that the word is powerful. We ask for the anointing to preach and pull down strongholds to be in this place. We open up our hearts to your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, we've been on this topic of hidden treasures, and if you have missed any of those, go online, go to our website, and, and listen to those. It's going to be a blessing to your life. It's going to help you because, as I've said before, the premise of this whole message is I have found that there are so many Christians in the church that are doing their life is about 95% right. I mean, they're, they're, they're going after it. They're, there's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to be excited about. 95% of their life is going really well. They're going to church. They're fellowshipping with other believers. They're reading their Bibles. They're even doing their devos. You know, they're, they're, they're going on missions trips even. They're investing in the kingdom. Things look really good. 
But then there's a 5% that can spoil the harvest that they should be getting from the 95%. And we find that, 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 that place that, that can corrode our harvest or keep us from enjoying a great life, we find that located in the heart of man. And so that, that kind of spurred me to really talk about this topic and spend so much time on it like I have. It's kind of like having an incredible car, as I've said, a Rolls Royce or a Maserati or, 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 or whatever it is. Put your favorite car in there. And it's got great rims. It's got great tires. It's got great interior. That thing is incredible. But if it just has a blown spark plug, that sucker won't work. It will look good. Everybody can get excited about it. But it won't produce, it won't be able to perform the way that it's supposed to perform. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what I have found is the result of many Christians. And they wonder, why aren't things working? And I found one of the keys to why things many times don't work is because of the condition of the heart. Okay, the condition of the heart and what we find, we, we've been talking about the parable of the field that the Bible says that uh, when it's talking about the kingdom of God, that it is like a field that has a treasure hidden in it. And we've been talking about that every person is a field with a treasure on the inside. And the way that we access treasure is through honor, honoring others and learning how to treat people. How many know it's important how you treat people? It's important how you treat people, whether they deserve honor or not. It's important that we give honor. Honor is not something I know the world tells you will honor people that deserve honor. No, that's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom is all about giving people things they don't deserve. Come on, look in the mirror. Amen. God gives you things and don't don't get all puffed up on your Christianity. You don't deserve the goodness of God and neither do I. Amen. Listen, if we wanted to get what we deserve, we'd all be crispy critters up in here. Because the Bible says this, nobody, nobody's righteousness. I mean, our righteousness is just as filthy rags to God. If we did everything right, it wouldn't be good enough. And so that's where the word grace comes in. God gives us grace and favor. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. Every blessing that you and I get from God is undeserved. That's what we live under now. So don't you try to live your life only giving other people what they deserve. Freely you've received, freely give. Now, I know that's how you were raised. Well, you honor me. You be good to me. I'll be good to you. No, Jesus says do good to those that despitefully use you. Don't speak evil of them. Well, they said it first. Come on, that's second grade. Come on. Come on, that, that, you got to get over that kind of thing. We are to walk the earth and honor others because of the treasure that's in them and because in, it's in honoring others that we honor God. And we got to lose this mentality of this, this Christian world that loves God but's mean to people. Amen? We got to lose that thing because we know the church for too long has been ugly on the inside. Too much field in the church. Where many churches have been known for gossip. Awful quiet in here. Amen. We're known for tearing down people, talking about somebody's relationship. Some, some people get in their car right after church. Did you see what so-and-so was wearing? Did you see? What, look who he brought to church today. My, my, my. I wonder what that's about. You know, and, and many churches have been known for that kind of thing. That's not honoring somebody. 
So we've been spending time getting this principle on the inside that, listen, the thing that can be jacking your life up as good as things are going could be something that you have not learned how to give honor to folks. And if you can learn to honor every person that you come into contact with, God will use people to answer your prayers. Because remember, the, bot, the church is called the body of Christ. When you pray to Jesus and you need answers, he moves through his body. Now, that's going to be a problem for some of us. That's going to be a problem for some of us that don't like people. That's going to be a problem for some of us that don't like to interact with folks. We don't like to meet new people. That's going to be a problem because you're praying for some things and God is wanting to move and answer those prayers. But who does God move through? He moves through his body. And so he sends somebody. And they're trying to get to know you, and you got walls up. He's amen in me. They're trying to get to know you, and you've got walls up. That's going to be a problem. So let's look at the word today. Let's, let's continue in this now. Galatians 4, as we read earlier here, it says this. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, through the, though he is master of all. But he's under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. I want you to write this down, and I've said this, and I'll keep saying this. God puts greatness in common packages. It's all throughout the Word of God. God puts greatness in common packages. We live in a world that likes to judge a book by its cover. But that's not how the kingdom works. When you read the Bible, there's not, a bi- there's not a leader in there that any of us would have followed on first take. You wouldn't have followed King David. I know the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart, but you wouldn't have followed him. I probably wouldn't have either because he was an adulterer. He was a peeping Tom. Come on, that's foul right there. When you're getting kicks spying on folks. He was a murderer. He was disloyal to his best friend, stole his wife, and then had him killed. Yeah, it's all throughout the Bible. We wouldn't have followed Moses. Moses was a murderer. Moses had some issues, man. Okay? Killed a slave, left, ran out to the the wilderness, stayed there 40 years. We wouldn't have followed him. Most of the people you see in the word of God were common people with an incredible treasure on the inside. This is why Jesus caused so much chaos in the earth when he was here. Because people could not recognize the treasure that was in him. Because he didn't walk around in these priestly robes and garbs. And he didn't wear a funny hat, you know. And he didn't didn't look like he was the king of kings. He was very much normal. So much so that when the guys that came to kill him, they said, you got to tell us which one he is. Because we can't tell him apart from the rest of those dudes he hangs with. His genes were sagging just like the rest of them. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Common package. So the guys that were alive, that they like to dress up the common, their their package, they said that can't be the son of God. Can't be him. So much so that it says that when he went to his hometown of Nazareth, he could do no mighty work there. Why? Because they would not honor him. All they looked at was his field. 
Because they could not honor him, they missed what was inside of him. We've got to be careful, folks, that we don't do this because God puts greatness in common packages. And as I said earlier, God uses people to answer your prayers. If you don't know how to respond to people, listen, you can miss God. You need to write that down. If you don't know how to respond to people, you can miss God. This is why I always spend so much time telling you, y'all got to get rid of some of that attitude. Some of us have terrible attitudes. You can go ahead and keep him back there. That's where the baby should be on the, in the back over there. Because he's just a baby. He don't know. Now, listen, it's so important that we understand honor in, 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 in going after people and in, in, in responding right to people. You can't do it if you're full of attitude. And let me tell you where attitude comes from. Attitude comes from, like my wife preached on Friday, a hurt heart. A hurt heart. That lady at Walmart that's got all that sass and all that attitude. Come on, how many, how many met her? A hurt heart. That person that the, at your job that nobody can correct, you know, she ain't doing her job right, clocking off early, but she's got attitude. Listen, you've got to learn how to put that kind of thing in check. Because if you don't know how to respond to people, you'll miss God. You'll miss God. Because most people do not respond well to attitude. Can I get an amen? You don't want nobody talking to you like, what? what? Amen? That's how fights get started, right? Attitudes many times can push away the people that God has sent to bless your life. I submit to you that some of you have met the man of your dreams. You drove him away. Some of you met the answer to your prayers, but because you did not know how to respond to the treasure that was in him, you pushed him away. Got real quiet in this Presbyterian church. Because you know it's true. There have been fathers that have pushed their kids away. There have been mothers that have drove their kids from them. Why? Attitudes, conditions of the heart. You got to catch this this morning because how you respond to people can determine what you receive from God. Answered prayers are always locked up inside of someone. It's up to you to extract it out of them. Answered prayers, things you've been asking God for, are locked up in some of the people in this room. You're waiting for the answers to come to you. God says you're going to have to draw it out of others. And I, I tell you right now, some of us don't know how to do that. And the way I know that we don't know how to do that is how we sit in church services. Now, I've told you this before. There's a way to draw upon the word of God. And it's not just sitting there. Because this, write this down. Truth demands a response. Can I get an amen on that? 
See, I shouldn't have to pull amens out of you. You're supposed to pull the word out of me. I shouldn't be up here going, can I get in an amen? <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> See, I shouldn't be pulling you into something. It is your responsibility to whoever's preaching to you to pull something for yourself out of them. And you know how you do that? Responding. How many know a good response can pull something out of you? You ever been in a conversation? You ever been in a conversation with somebody that doesn't respond to what you're saying? That conversation is real short, baby. Because what do we do? On to the next one. But that person that's like, really? You know, and starts pulling on you. And then what happened? And then, and how did, what, what? And you're just going, brr, brr, and they're telling you stuff and everything's coming out. Did you know in the spirit it's the same way? That's why I worry about churches. I worry about churches and just too dang quiet during the preaching of the word. They're too dang quiet. They ain't, they don't, because this is the, here's the problem. They don't know how to draw. They don't know that it's your job to get something out of me. It's not my job to just put something in you. You ever try to feed a baby they ain't trying to eat? What happens to the food? It just goes everywhere. We got angels every Sunday coming and cleaning up. Oh, look at this. Here's a gem right here. People ain't eating. Here's some money right here. There's some healing somebody left behind that went out. Hey, let me get that. Somebody's husband came. Oh, he's laying over here because she didn't get the word. Left him up. You got spiritual angels, the janitors coming in here. Because y'all missing what God is serving up. Because you have not yet learned that I have to draw on the word. Amen? See, I, I, I did you a favor right there. <laughs> but you have to learn that. And that is the problem. That's why we get into a place, and hear me now, I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings, but we get into a place of welfare Christianity where we want everything done for us. No offense if anybody's on welfare. Get your, get your assistance and get on. Amen. You got God's providing through that. That's good, but don't stay there. But it's never been designed for us as believers to just never do anything. We want everybody to just feed us and sing for us. We want the praise team to worship God in the house for us. And then we go home and we wonder why our prayers don't get answered. While every while we're leaving the stuff in the chairs in this room and you going home crying about stuff ain't changing. Why is my marriage and, and, and I can't even get people to be consistent to come to church because there's no expectation when they come here. You know, I mean, we have to learn that the way we get things from God, it's my responsibility to extract it out. It's my responsibility. So when someone's preaching to you, here, here's how the religious Pharisees, they come into a church. Let's see what he's going to say today. Let's see what you got today, pastor. And then they come in and they be like, oh, that was good. I heard that before. How many know that's true? You know that's true. You've been in them lunch meetings after church and, you, and you've heard those things. <laughs> Nobody here, of course, talks like that. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, that's how a religious Pharisee comes to church. And when they're asked, how was church? Oh, it was all right. Test folks, what do you preach on? Uh, uh. See, that's a result of somebody that didn't extract anything. 
I remember the first church that I went and became a part of. I went to, it, it was, it was, uh, it was in my dad's hometown in Union City, you know, and I had, I was going to uh, uh, Bible college at the time, and, and there was this incredible church out there in San Jose. I was so excited. One of the main reasons I thought I was going to Bible college out there was to go to that church every Sunday and hear the word. And after being there about two weeks, the Lord tells me, I want you to go, and I want you to go help your uncle at his church in, in Union City. And I was not excited about that because I wanted to hear this world-renowned preacher that was going all over and selling books, and I wanted, I wanted that word. So God sent me here to my uncle, and he, he's passed away, and, and praise God, he, he did good. He, he, he preached the word, but let me tell you, it was levels. There's levels of the word. And the church I was in, the youngest person might have been in their 50s. No joke handful of folks up in that in that church it's a spanish church you know uh, spanish assemblies of god and and uh, they, they they taught out of the book some of y'all remember them guidelines sunday school books you know what do they call it in spanish you don't remember oh wow okay uh, those guidelines they had these books that they preached out of and stuff like that and i remember my first sunday i sat there and I was like oh gosh how am i gonna make it through god i'm gonna starve how am I, you know, how am I going to do this? And the Lord said, it's not his responsibility to feed you. It's your responsibility to eat. Thank you for the little golf clap right there. I'm a, I'm a. So every time I came to church, I said, I'm getting something. I'm getting something. Even if he was preaching spiritual ABCs, I left there knowing those spiritual ABCs. I found something. I was like a starving person eating a rich cracker. Come on. It was good. You know, I was, it was like it was a great meal. I came into church every every Sunday like that. And that and that taught me how to pull on the word for myself. That's why I don't get folks that want to come in and sit and just hear a word. No, it's up to you to extract what you need for the week. So you listen and you respond and you and you pull. But if you just sit back and yeah. Your life will look like that. And every time you're praying, God is saying, man, I was trying to speak to you Sunday. I was trying to get you. Somebody came up to you and shook your hand. You had attitude. They were about to do something incredible in your life. They were about to invite you somewhere. They were about to do something for you. But your little attitude, I didn't have my coffee that morning, attitude. They said, well, I'll come back to that. They went another way. Oh, but God, I was tired. Well, your tired attitude caused somebody to go, I'm going to sit over here with this person. Is this too real for us this morning? Amen. So your prayers are locked up in someone. It's up to you to extract it. It's up to you. And let me give you another example. It's an example like, you know, these healing crusades that go on all over the world. Why is it that some people get healed and some people don't? I submit to you it's because some people know how to extract healing. Why is it that the person next to you can get so blessed and you don't get jack? I submit to you it's because of expectation. You get what you expect. You come to church expecting to hear a great word, you're going to get one. You come, you come to church expecting to get a touch from God, you'll get one. But if you come in, well, let's see what, what, what church is going to be like today. You ain't getting jack because God don't move that way. God don't have to prove nothing to nobody. Once you stop making him prove it, well, if it's real, let's see if it's real. You'll never see it's real. You won't find things are real until you believe first and then you receive. 
Believe first and then you receive. Well, is healing really real? Believe first and then you'll see. Praying is, I don't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. Believe first and then you receive. Yeah, but I went up for prayer and I didn't get it. That's because you weren't expecting to get it. You're wanting God to prove it to you. God doesn't work through proving. He works through faith. Faith. Faith is believing first. Faith is believing even though you don't have all the facts. Faith is going, I don't understand it, but it says it, God. I expect you to do it. We've got to get back to living and learning like that. Amen. Are you getting something today? So sometimes you got to understand relationships are the currency of the kingdom. Write that down. Relationships are the currency of the kingdom. When God's going to answer your prayers, he sends you people. This is why you cannot afford to, to don't ever say this anymore. Well, I'm just not a people person. Because you know what that translates to? I'm just heck of selfish. <laughs> That's basically what you're saying. I'm just not a people person. See, I wasn't raised like, I'm an introvert. You got to be careful of those labels and things. Because God can change it. God didn't make you to be an introvert. Because if he did, he made a mistake sending the church to the earth. You think God planted the church and forgot about introverts? This is for everybody except introverts. Um, I don't know what y'all going to do. I'll make it right in heaven someday. No. The church is for everybody. And if you're an introvert, all you got to do is work a little harder. That's all. Work a little harder. There are some things we all have to work a little harder at. Everybody has something they got to work a little harder at. Amen? We all do. We gotta, somebody's got something that you, you find it easy, but I got to work a little harder at it. I can get it. It's going to take me a little more effort. That's why I don't like labels. Don't put labels on yourself. Well, That's just how I am. No. Listen, you've got to be somebody that wants destiny and wants God so bad, you're willing to go after it. We're winners, not losers. Remember, losers make excuses. Labels are excuses. Well, I didn't have a father. Well, you don't know where I came from. Well, somebody broke my heart. Those are all excuses. Now, I want to be careful here because I don't want to seem like I'm not sympathetic. Those are real things. But if you allow them, they'll steal your life. Y'all responding great. Amen. I, I'm, encur- I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by your response today. So let's keep going. So relationships are currency of the kingdom. How you, how you handle your relationships is going to be how much of the kingdom you get in your life. So this is why you need to learn how to treat people. You need to learn how to treat your spouse. Here I go again. Now, listen, and you need to hear this because I'm not picking on folks. It's just that we live in a society today where marriages are jacked up. We live in a society full of, of, of people that don't know how to manage a relationship. So they get in a relationship and all their dysfunctions mess the relationship up. And then they go try to find another relationship only to find out that they're bringing the same dysfunction into that thing. And because they have a culture of blaming, they never look to themselves to fix their problems. They just say, oh, my first husband, he was a loser. But what about your second? Oh, well, the second one, too. Never going, why do I marry losers? Never doing that. It's always somebody else's problem. 
It's always the husband. It's always the wife's problem. It's always my kids. These kids are driving me crazy. No, it's just you don't pray. You got no word in you, so you got no capacity to handle a crying baby. Don't blame the baby. That's what babies do. You should have thought of that before you had seven of them. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, just, I picked a high number in here because I don't think anybody in here has seven. I hope. I hope. Fingers crossed. But relationship, relationships are currency. So if we never learn how to relate to people, we dishonor people. And remember, when you dishonor something or someone, you cut yourself off from receiving their treasure. Some of you, when you got married, you, it was all set. You were gonna, it's going to be a great treasure exchange. But three years into the thing, you stop honoring them. So guess what you're not getting anymore? Their treasure. You're just getting the field. Just get in the field because you stopped honoring your husband. You don't listen to him no more. And you think you got reasons. Well, I don't listen to him no more because he's stupid. Because he's messy. Because he's this, he's that. What about the treasure that's in there? God still requires us to honor people according to their treasure. We've got to learn this, folks. Another problem we have is, is, is grown-ups, they grow. They don't know how to honor their kids. They don't know how to manage their currency of their children and how to manage the relationship with a son or with a daughter. Some of you young people out there, you don't have a relationship with your dad. Listen, you know, get off of the woes me bus. I had to get off of that bus because I had to realize at one point that there were some things my dad just couldn't give me. He just didn't come from the same world I did, didn't have the same experiences I did. He didn't have a father that did things that would have made him healthier in those areas. So I had to jump off that bus. Gus? <laughs> I just get off of that thing and say, you know what? Hey, my dad did his best, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do, I have to learn some things to get what I need to get from God. Because I don't want my son to have the same deficiencies that I had from having an imperfect dad. And you know what? My son's going to have to get certain things from God because I'm not a perfect father. There's some things that in my own uh, uh, imperfections that he needs more of that I just for some reason can't give him. He's going to have to get that from God. Or he can, he can, he can play the card, well, you know, my dad, he, he just was never there for me. And listen, that might be true for some of us, but you got to get off of that bus. You got to get off of that direction and learn how can I how can I manage this relationship? Relationships are currency. Relationships can help you. It can help you in your marriage. This is a word for somebody. Somebody needs to quit focusing on the things in your spouse that just drive you crazy and focus back on the treasures. What's the treasure that drew you to them? Amen. You used to laugh at all his jokes. And when people say, what is it about? He's so funny. You know, he'd make a joke and you would you would laugh. And you go, You're so stupid. And you would laugh. Now you just go, you're stupid. It changed. It changed in there somewhere. See, we need to manage. We need to manage our relationships. Is this helping anybody? 
okay, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm almost done. Let's, let's keep going here. So understand this. Write this down. A prosperous soul can get along with a diverse group of people. This thing where you can only hang out with people like you, man, you got to get free from that. You got you to get delivered of that thing, you know. You go to the, the, the work Christmas party and nobody's like you, so you in the corner. <laughs> you got to get over that. You got to get free from that. You walk into a church and nobody looks like you. So you just, you got to get free from that. Because there will be times in life where God needs to put you amongst people that are nothing like you to give you what you don't have. And when you go and you, you know, someone, how's the new job? Oh, it's all right. It's all white people, though. Yeah, I went there. I went there. I went there. It's cool, but everybody in my department is black. So I stand out. Why do you get, why do you get quiet when we talk about black people? <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you laughed at the white thing, but oh, the black thing, I don't know. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that. It's true. It's true. <laughs> or there's some people you look like when you see rich people, you get all like, uh, uh, you know, uncomfortable. And can I be honest? I used to be like that for me, man, when I first started in ministry. You know, me and my brother would go to these pastors meetings and I was 22 years old. My only suits I had in my closet were suits that I went clubbing in. There's a difference. There's a difference. The suits you go clubbing in and the suits you go to church in. And I was a pastor and I had suits that went, I went clubbing in. Watch a Bobby Brown video. You see what I was wearing back early 90s. I had like a, you know, them, them, them little uh, suit jackets that only went up to here, baggies. And we'd go to these pastor's meetings and ain't nobody looking like me. Nobody from where I was from, you know, and, and I had to learn, like, I belong here. I'm, God's called me here. I'm okay. You're not like me. That's okay. We could still be friends. But the only way you can ever get there is if you have a prosperous soul. Because a poverty-stricken soul is uncomfortable with different people. And let me tell you, you need to get around people that aren't like you. You should be able to get around other races. I could go anywhere in the world, and I do go anywhere in the world and fit right in. And they love me there, if I should just say it like that. They do. I can go anywhere and be comfortable, you know. Uh, but it, it wasn't always like that. It only happens when you're spending time with God and you're cultivating your soul. Because when you don't do that, you find something wrong with everybody that's not like you. And that's why that, this, this, this is where I want to hit this real quick. Be careful of only spending time with your family. Pastor, don't touch family. You know family first. I got the tattoo right here. <laughs> family first. Right there. You better back up, Pastor. 
Listen, family first, amen, but it's not only family. It's not only family. Sometimes, you know, there are times when you distance yourself from family to get different ingredients in your life. Because my family's only carrying a certain type of cargo. It's good cargo, but I need to get around some other ships, as we've talked about before. Relationship, relate to ships, carry their cargo. So I got to go hang out with other folks. I got to get around these people at church. They're not like my family, and that's okay. I'm going to hang around this. I've got friends that if I ever put them in the same room, they wouldn't like each other. That's how diverse things are. I don't hang around the same kind of people, you know. And some of my friends, they're, they're nothing like me. Patrick Andre, I remember Patrick Andre. He comes here and preaches every year. I'm nothing like that dude. He'd probably be like the anti-Sergio, you know, if there was like the opposite, boop, you know. But I love that dude. You know, we, we don't listen to the same music. We don't like the same sports teams. I don't even think he likes sports. He, you know, but I love that. We talk every month. We, you know, just bounce things off because you need diversity in your life. Why? Because relationships in the kingdom are how God moves. Are you guys catching this? But if you don't learn how to honor folks, nobody will want to be your friend. I hear this sometimes. I just don't have no friends. That's nobody's fault but yours. But nobody's like me. Nobody at work is, is, is like I am. Get a prosperous soul and it won't matter. Let's keep going. I want to finish this right here so we can move on to something else. So, so get a prosperous soul. A poverty-stricken soul is uncomfortable with different people. See the treasure in others. Seek it and you'll find it. Isn't that what the Bible says? Everybody says that. Seek and you'll find. Amen. Seek and you'll find. So the first step in finding something is seeking it. Amen? Amen. So what are you seeking? If you seek to find dirt in people's lives, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find it. Some people go to a church looking to find what's wrong. Well, they ain't got this there. If you come in here looking to find some things that are wrong, you'll find them. That's why you can't find a good date. Now, we laugh, but listen, some people will go on a date and they're like, what's this going to be like? And looking, waiting. Mm -hmm. He only left 10% tip. He's cheap. He's this, he's that. Some people, they don't know how to look for the treasure. They go into everything looking for the bad. Some of us were raised like this, and we've talked about this before. Thanksgiving happens, you have dinner, and then you have the traditional, let's bag on everybody after dinner meal. Let's talk bad about everybody that's not at the Thanksgiving thing, because they had some sense to get around some other people. <laughs> but let's talk about Thea, who's not there. Let's talk about cousin so-and-so who's going through a problem. And then we just sit around and we talk about all the cousins and their crazy things and all that. Listen, that is dishonoring. That's dishonoring. And it cuts you off from being an honorable person. Amen? Are you seeing this today? So we've got to position ourselves. And I want you to write this down today. Condition versus position. Your condition versus your position. Because the main reason why people dishonor other people is because they don't feel good about themselves. When a person is, is deficient in their self-esteem, they'll always look to dog somebody else out to make themselves feel better. 
So here's what I want you to do, and I want to give you a radar. I want some, I'm going to put this in you so your spirit man will go off. Warning, 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 Will Robinson. <laughs> warning, some of you old school people know. You're going to get this. When somebody steps to you and they want to start tearing down somebody else, you're going to know this person right here is super insecure. How sad. Instead of joining in with them, I know she was wearing, did you see what she was wearing? She had no business wearing that. No, instead of joining in, this thing's going to go warning. I'm not getting in that because that's a sad person that hates themselves, feels bad about themselves, and they got to tear somebody else down. I want that to go off in you because, see, the only people that can be honoring towards others is people who know who they are. That's why the Bible spends so much time trying to get identity in you. Know who you are before you go to college. Because if you don't know who you are before you go to college, they'll tell you who you are. And if you're dumb, you'll listen to them. Can I say it like that? If you're ignorant, you'll listen to them. Okay? So... Condition versus position, what does that mean? I've got to know where I am positionally in Christ. Now, my condition might say I'm something else. But we don't live by our conditions. We're called to live by our position. Now, sometimes they don't match. Amen? Sometimes they don't match. But even if it don't match, you keep being who you are. Listen, I don't preach to you different because we don't have a building. I preach to you, I minister, I pastor, we're doing what we're doing in the city positionally as if we were 5,000 strong, as if we were 1,000 strong. But we only have a certain amount of money to buy presents. That's the condition. But we have to meet in a school on Sundays. That's the condition. But that don't mean I come in here every Sunday. We don't have a building. Pray for your pastor. I just hope the Lord shows up. I could, I could, but we can't live positionally. I mean, conditionally. This is just conditions. We want to live position. Who does God say we are? God says we're a church that touches the nations. That's who we are. Our conditions say, wow, we need to raise money for a building, Pastor. Conditions say, well, we need more money in it. We don't live by the conditions. Now, if we can get you to live out of your position, you'll be easier to honor others. Because some of you are living out of your condition. What's your condition? Lonely? Ain't been on a date in a very long, 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 long time. That could depress you if you're a person that lives out of your condition. But I went eight years without a date and lived out of my position. Posi- I, was, I was good. I was good single. I was good hanging out, hanging out with the fellas, having a good time. I wasn't at home crying. I wasn't pre- spending every waking day praying for a spouse. I wasn't Captain, you know, uh, uh, desperate, you know, Captain Creepy, you know. I was good. Because you can be single positionally, knowing God's got somebody for me. She better hurry up and get here. It's been a long eight years. Or you can live conditionally. Where, man, where's he coming? And every person that walks by, oh, hey, hey. 
Oh, he ain't got no tooth, teeth, but we can buy some. We can get him some. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey, is he a Christian? Oh, he goes to church. See, you, you, you put up with anything, you know, but, you know, we don't, you take him to meet your family. And your greatest thing to tell your family is, Mom, he doesn't beat me. He don't beat me, Mom, so, you know, he, he treats me good. You just, that's the only prerequisite to marry you is don't hit you? Let me get back to the word. I feel a tomato spirit. Somebody ain't coming back next Sunday. I just feel it in the room. I feel it in the room. And if you don't, we know it was you. So you better come back, save face. So sometimes our condition doesn't match our position. I deal with this all the time. My God, you know, we're doing all this stuff. We need a building. We need this. I got staff here that gives their life. We can't even have a paid staff yet. And sometimes every day I got to wrestle with, am I going to live out of my condition or my position? It's a fight every day. But I find that I'm a better person when I walk the earth based out of who Christ has called me to be than based on where I'm at. I'm nicer. I'm better to deal with. I'm more of a blessing. I'm not, if I'm deficient in, in who I am, I'm not going to treat people that good. And neither are you. You're not. It's not that people are just, you know, nasty. They just feel bad about themselves. And if you feel bad about yourself, how can you feel good about others? You can't. So what does the Bible, man, read the New Testament. And I tell people to do this all the time. Read the New Testament and highlight every scripture that says something about who you are or what you have. And get that in your spirit. Your condition may be, I'm always sick. But the position in the Bible says, you're healed by his stripes. Where are you going to stand in the position or the condition? If you stand in the position, you'll get healed. If you stand in position, the condition will at some point line up. But it's the battle to stay in the position. Amen? Amen? Let me keep going. Live out of the word, not out of feelings. Who told you you had to live out of feelings? Christians, man, we're, we're notorious for that. We just like to live out of feelings. Well, I feel, you know, well, I, I don't feel led to do that. You know, I used to get that. I never had this really in this church, but in other churches we've pastored. We'd say, hey, we need some help with the children's ministry. And the brother would say, oh, well, pastor, I don't feel led. I don't feel led to go that direction and serve in that capacity. I'm just not feeling led. So I started carrying a pencil. I said, here's some lead right here. Feel that, homie. <laughs> now get in there, sir. Now get in there, sir. But we live by feelings. We just live by feelings. And we're not called to live by feelings because some days you won't feel like loving your wife. They got quiet in here. Good job, guys. That was not a good place to amen. If you were to amen, every, every face would have went whoosh. Sometimes you won't feel like loving your husband. But who said we live by feelings? We live out of the word. We live out of convictions. Amen? That's how we're called to live. And so we've got to live according to the word. And the word has set up certain parameters, certain order. Everybody say order. order. There's an order to life. And this is where honor comes in. This is where relationships come in. People don't like order. And when you don't like order, get, things get into chaos. 
okay? Chaos and order are two things in the universe that have to do with God and the kingdom of Satan. The more order in your life, the more God. The more disorder, the more chaos, the more Satan. Amen? Amen. Drive through Rockland. You won't see the same chaos that you see on La Creta. You won't see it. Drive through Rockland. Drive through some of the nice areas of town here, you know, and you'll see lawns in order. Cars, not on blocks, in the garage. I'm getting too real up in here. Go into the stores. Ain't nobody in there in pajamas. Go to Rockland this morning. Nobody's in the store buying cereal in pajamas. They don't do that there. But you can leave church right now and go to Walmart. You'll see them. And they bought pajamas just to wear to Walmart, too. <laughs> These are my Walmart pajamas right here. Because there's no order. There's no order. So people that have structure understand pajamas are for bed. <laughs> but when I go outside, I hope nobody wore pajamas here today, praise God. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. Pray for your pastor, Amen. But, but there's, there's order to things. There's order to things. Eddie, make sure I have extra security on my way out today. <laughs> Put somebody on my car tires, amen? <laughs> but listen, for reals, we're laughing, but I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help because some of us, were too comfortable in disorder. Our relationships are unorganized. Our home life is unorganized. The husband is not the, the head of your home, and you're good with it. You're happy about it because you get your way. That's, that's this, this disorder, this chaos. That's, that's where Satan will rule and reign. Single people don't marry somebody you can't submit to. It's that simple. If you can't submit to them, if you're going to be that wife that has to take control and take the reins, don't marry that person. Because it's just going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos. So we've got to live out of getting things in order. So there's an order to things. Now, finally, getting to my scripture in Galatians chapter 4, 1 through 2, it says that we are all heirs. We are all heirs. And what an heir means is we are all, uh, we have the riches of Jesus Christ. We're all kings, positionally. Positionally. You're all bosses. Amen? You're all the head and not the tail. Positionally, that's where you are. We're all heirs. But as long as we're children, we're not much different from a slave, it says. Look at verse 2. Uh, the, well, let me keep reading. Though he is master of all, but, is, but he has to be put, we have to be put under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. So positionally, you're the boss of a corporation. Positionally, you're a pastor. Positionally, you're, 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 you're the head of whatever you're doing. But until we can get you there, God puts you under people. God gives you a boss that you need to listen to. God gives you instructors in college. It don't matter if it's not fair. You write that paper. God gives you a pastor that will speak the truth to you. 
God gives you a discipleship group leader. God gives you a head usher to be under. And he says to be on time and don't, don't break down the curtains at a certain time. And you're like, why? Why we got to do it like that? Just do what the head said to you to do. Got too real right there, didn't we? Why? Because you are an heir. But until you learn, Stevie, how to, to function in those properties, God's got to put people over you. So what's the problem with that? There's not a person in this room that wants anybody over them. So guess what? We never grow up. And when we never grow up, we never get our inheritance. This is a problem in the American church. We read about the riches that Jesus has given us, that if you speak to mountains, they'll move. That if you speak it into existence, it'll come. You're the head and not the tail. You're healed by his stripes. You've got healing in your hands. Positionally, that's where we are. But until we mature, you don't get the keys that God wants you to have. Because what happens if you give a child the inheritance? He wastes it on himself. Doesn't do anything to bless others. He can't manage that corporation. You can't give him those, give him that corporation. You can't give him the, he can't make him, you can't give him all those riches. If David gave all his riches to Vinny right now, please. He'd be buying lizards and stuff. <laughs> Latest Jordans, you know. Be broke in five years. He broke in five years. So what has to happen? Then he's got to mature. Then he's got to mature. One day the Gutierrez kingdom will be his. And the other. And y'all too. You'll get something too. <laughs> but do you, do you see in the natural how that works? Do you see in the natural how that works? Now, look at your life. Guys, you hear me say it all the time. God has got great things for you, Aaron. Great things. But if can't nobody lead you, you stay immature. You ain't ready. You ain't ready. Until we learn, like Galatians says, I am an heir. I'm going to own the kingdom one day. I'm going to have a lot of stuff. But until that time, I got to learn to be under guardians and stewards. Until the time appointed by the father. I didn't just pastor a church one day. I spent 11 years in Florida doing whatever my pastor asked me to do. At whatever time, at whatever, in the middle of the night, I'll get up and go. You can ask my wife. I'd be responsible. I'd take care of my family. It wasn't like, you know, but I, if, if I could get there, I went. That's what I did. And you know what I was doing? I was putting myself under guardians and stewards until the time of the father. Well, the time of the father came. But here's the problem that we have right now. Everybody wants their time in the father. Nobody wants the time being under stewards and guardians. You see that as a bad thing. Oh, you know, but I'm, but I'm called to do this. I'm called into the ministry. I'm called to start a business. I'm called to go to the nations. I'm called to do. You ain't ever going to get there, baby. 
It ain't ever going to happen because you refuse the process to grow up. So what God is looking for to mature you is how do you treat your boss? How do you treat your husband? How do you treat your wife? How do you treat your pastors? How do you treat your discipleship leaders, your department heads, those kinds of things? You go home and talk about them, that ain't honor. You complain about them, that ain't honor. Yeah, but they did this, and I just think they could have did it a different way. Remember, there's a field. There's a field. You're focusing too much on that field. You want to focus on the field, we'll be here all day. You want to focus on fields, nobody's qualified to lead anybody. Amen? You, you just want to make it about people's faults and fields. Nobody, and here's the, here's the sad thing, you ain't qualified to lead nobody. Everything you do, let me wrap this up, get on the keys there. Everything you do is going to come right back to you. You dishonor your husband. It's a, it brings a generational curse on your life. You dishonor your wife. It brings a generational curse on your life. See, you think you're just getting your way, ladies. I'm going to talk to ladies for a minute. I got security beefed up today, so I'm going to be all right. <laughs> you think you're getting your way, so you don't, you, you know, your husband says, I don't think that's a good idea. We do that. I don't care. I'm doing it. Babe, it's not good. We don't have the money for that. You, 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 you just don't want me to have it. Babe, I'm just not that. It's just that I think we need to be, you don't keep, I'm doing it. I'm just doing it. Live like that. Live like that. Okay? It'll bring a curse on your home. Because what will happen one day is your son. How many moms love their son? Your son will marry somebody just like you. And you will cry every night looking at your son and his life and how his wife controls him, manipulates him. You'll see your son eat of what you did to your husband. Because our sons and daughters are watching us, people. And you think, oh, my son, he won't want that. No, he'll be too smart. No, he won't. He will think that's what a wife looks like. And he will hang his head down. And he won't be a man. He'll be a boy the rest of his life. And you will complain. Why'd you marry her? Why she let you let her treat you like that? Because you taught him that. And you hear me talk about this stuff in church all the time. And as some of you just go, you know, well, that, that's how his house is ran. Listen, I'm just trying to help somebody here. You may have to work harder at it, but you can do it. Guys, you got to treat your wives right because you got daughters. And you might not feel, you think you're getting over now. Wait till your sweet little princess marries a man that treats her like you treat your wife. You don't want to know that pain. Because you'll, you'll notice it in your kids, what you don't notice in your home, in your marriage. See, you don't know the pain that your husband's going through right now. And quite frankly, sometimes we're so selfish, we don't care. You don't care because you're getting your way. But you'll notice it in your kids. And it will break your heart. It'll break your heart when your little mijito 
one day marries a woman that is just rough on him, that just batters him, just on him. He can't do anything. They used to be a cartoon. They don't show these cartoons anymore. It's weird. But they used to have these cartoons. I don't remember what it was, where there was a guy, <laughs> where there was a guy, he, you know, he would come in the door and his wife would yell at him. Harry, where are you? I'm over here, dear. Y'all remember some of them cartoons? They don't show those no more. Eli, you remember those cartoons? I don't know what those was on. I remember sitting there and my dad would go, you want to be like that? I'd be like, no. He said, okay. But you know what? Some of us, we live like that and we don't care. You're going to care when it's your kids. Why am I sharing all of this? I'm sharing all of this because you got to take this word serious. You've got to honor your spouse, husband or wife, because your kids are going to marry somebody like you. Like you. So I got to demonstrate by treating my wife right in front of Selena so she knows that's what it looks like. If we're always just fighting, She's going to grow up thinking that's normal. Let's stand on our feet. I'm trying to wrap this up, so I went a little long today because I want to move on to something else next week. Because it's Christmas season, amen? We need happy messages, amen? <laughs> Praise God, hallelujah. We need some, we need some joy. But, but I got to get this in you. And so the second scripture I shared, 2 Kings 7, 1 through 2, is a story of the prophet coming, the man of God coming. And he comes and he makes a declaration. And he says, the, 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 uh, the um, my mind just went blank. <laughs> the, the drought is going to be over. The famine is going to be over. And he says, tomorrow at this time, I got you. Tomorrow at this time, what is going to happen is we are going to see the drought over and food will be on sale again. The Bible makes a statement there in 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings there on the screen. 2 Kings 7 and 2, and this says there in verse 2, an officer on whose the king hand, who on whom on the hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Look, how's this gonna happen? How's this thing gonna be? See, he didn't believe. He didn't expect. But here's the problem: he had an attitude. So look at the prophet's response to him. And he said, Oh, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you ain't going to have none of it. So the man of God comes and says, the famine's going to be over. Y'all are going to be okay. And this dude up here with an attitude, I don't, how's that going to happen? He says, oh, it's going to happen. But because of your attitude, but because of your dishonor, you ain't going to have none of it. Guys, this is what I'm trying to keep from happening in our lives. We got to get the dishonor out. We got to get the attitude out. We've got to learn how to treat people. We've got to manage our relationships. Amen? Because God has great things. He's trying to grow us up. And the reason we got to learn how to grow up is so that we can possess destiny. The only thing keeping you from destiny is you. You don't want to be under nobody. You want to listen to nobody. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I know this is a weighty word, but Lord, I pray it will shift mindsets and I pray it will reposition people for what you have for them.
Bring order into our lives and our relationships, Lord. Nobody here is perfect. None of our relationships are perfect. But Lord, through the power of your word, we can change. We can change the way we're relating with our spouse. We can change the way we are with our kids. We can change the way we are with our bosses and, and co-workers. It's never too late. And that's the beauty, Lord God, of serving you. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand because it really is a heart thing. But if you're here this morning, let's all pray this together. Jesus, we ask you to forgive us for dishonoring people. Teach us to treat people right. Teach us to hold our tongue. Keep us from gossip, backbiting, and tearing people down. We need you in our lives, Lord. Help us to be people of honor. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing I want to do. Sit, on, sit down in your chairs one more time. Ushers, if you'd come. We want to pass out envelopes one more time. We don't normally do two offerings, but we want to do a second offering this week. And I told you last week to come prepared. The offering right now is for uh, needy families in the area. Every dollar, every dime is going to go to provide Christmas presents for people in this area. And there's a lot of families in here that just need to know there's a church praying for them. There's a church that loves them and that Jesus is listening to them and their prayers. So we want to go out uh, on the 19th and be able to take some good gifts. My, this week, we're going to be heading to Los Angeles and we're going to be getting some, some toys uh, from wholesale toys out there in L.A. in the toy district. We want to be able to be a blessing to families. So whatever you can do is going to go right into these families uh, uh, that are in need in this area and also help us be a representation of Jesus Christ. If you've never gone with us on this, it's so great. We take Santa out. We take Christmas carols and we just walk through these streets, knocking on doors, praying with folks, giving gifts to the kids. It's an awesome, awesome thing. And it's a great way for people to, to really meet the people of God. So whatever you can do, I mean, uh, just count it as you're buying a present for somebody in your family. If you can do $20, if you can do $100, if you can do whatever you can do and whatever you feel to do to be a blessing. We just want to give you that opportunity right now. Our ushers have pens if you need them. Uh, and like I said, everything will go directly into uh, helping us be able to do that. We're also working with David Reese over here. They're going to be giving us a list of families that are really hurting, and we're going to take things over to them. And we also are partner partnering with the Sacramento PD with the Cops and Clergy program. They're going to be donating bikes so that we can give bikes to some deserving kids in the area. Yeah. So uh, we're looking to maybe connect with some of our basketball guys that really might need a bike or something like that. So we'll talk about that. But uh, this thing is getting bigger, and, and, and I know one day we're going to be able to really help thousands. Our pastor, Pastor Charles in El Paso, I think every year they service 20,000 families of Christmas gifts every year. And he's set the bar, and I want to be able to be that kind of a blessing to our community. Um, you know, I want it to be that this community knows about our love. That's what it should be. A church should never be about what takes place in the walls. It should be about how much we lift it. Amen. So let's pray over that offering right now. Father, we thank you. And I ask, Lord, that with every sacrifice that these people are making right now into people's lives that they don't even know, that you would multiply it back to them. 
and make their seed harvest at their Christmas. May this be the best Christmas for their families. May this be the best Christmas for their children. Lord, prosper them, bless them as they give today. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead and receive that this morning. Praise God. Did you guys get something out of the word today? Amen. I gave you a lot. I wanted to finish it up so we can get you happy for the holidays. Amen. Now, this isn't a not happy word. It's, it's a good word. Oh, and also, if you want to turn your, uh, your ballots into the offering things, you could do that, or you could turn it in in the back. So, yes, and let me explain, too. For our Christmas party, we're doing a Pinterest dessert competition. The prize is $100 to whoever has the best dessert, okay? But it's Pinterest dessert, all right? Does everybody know who Pinterest is? Okay, so Pinterest, if you don't know, go on there and they have the desserts that they're like good to look at. How would you describe that? They're, they're decorative. They're what? They're pin worthy is what they call them, where they don't just make a cake. The cake looks like something, you know, they don't just make Rice Krispie treats. The Rice Krispie treats look like Christmas trees or snowmen. Or, so it has to be something that's pin worthy. So go on Pinterest and look at what people have done and then you can copy that. And whoever comes in and has the best Pinterest dessert will win $100 for your family. Isn't that a cool thing? About seven people thought it was cool. The rest of y'all, the rest of y'all just rich. Y'all just have money. Y'all just good. Man, I don't need $100. $100 to bless somebody's child for Christmas. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you're a part of that. And uh, the ballots, yeah, what is that? Yeah, you could sign up for the Pinterest. You need to do that in the back there. And, uh, and that is it. Stand on your feet. If you need prayer for anything, uh, again, I apologize. I went a little long today. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be up here at the front. My wife and some of the team will be up here at the front to agree and pray with you for a great holiday season. Amen. God bless you guys. Don't forget Mexico. We have a quick uh, uh, meeting in the back with the, in the children's class there. So God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Amen.